going to be so abrasive. Somebody's listening to this on a Monday morning. Woo! On a bus half asleep and they hear you. Good morning. <laughs> it's podcast time. Dun, 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 Do you have podcasts that you listen to at night or in the morning because one's more abrasive? I feel like we're abrasive. We are abrasive. <laughs> I only listen to podcasts in the morning. Oh my God, it's, it's so nice out and like, I'm wearing uh, like fewer clothes now because it's summer. So I'm like hey dressing in, in more revealing clothing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I look great. Um, you look great. Thank you. I got cat called on my way here. Did you? Well, I, mm, I don't know. They, they didn't call it at me. I just heard them, but I was waiting at a red light. And these two guys walked past and then one of them said, uh, man, no, she does have a nice ass. Yeah, it can't be disputed. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you. Because you do go to the gym a lot. So much. I work for this body. I got nothing. Yeah. Um, I... I'm so excited because, okay, on the one hand, I'm very sad, mm-hmm. but I'm also very excited. So but, on the one hand, I'm sad because this is our last episode, but then I'm happy that it's our last episode of the season. We did it. We did it. Season one, 20, Ooh. 21 episodes. Yeah. 21 episodes. Oh my gosh. It's like we're a real live cable TV show. I didn't think we were going to last a week. That's sweet of you. No, that's not true. You're actually <laughs> lying to yourself and listeners. I remember when we recorded the first episode months and months ago, we were just two naive kids who someone once told us we were funny and we're People like, let's were, start a podcast. We were stupid then. JP, do you think we're better at podcasting now? I feel like we've stayed pretty much the same. He, his shrug was so that was very non-committal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was bad. It's like he could say once. Do you think if we put a poll on Facebook and it was like, who's your favorite host of Seed Partners? JP yeah. would win. Yeah. yeah we too. wouldn't even like put him as an option, but people would write that would in the write comments. write it in. Yeah. Oh, fuckers. Oh my gosh. Your wife. What love a, her. Number one, impeccable style. Just like, you know, I like spend hours getting ready. That's a lie. But like I put on an outfit that day be like, good outfit, Christina. Mm-hmm. And then I see Sarah and she's wearing like. A baggy cardigan, ripped jeans, and something else. And I'm like, you look like a model, and I look like a piece <laughs> of shit. The outfit you described sounded so like a baggy cardigan, cardigan and, and ripped jeans. That's what she was wearing. Mm. Anyways, you, impeccable. But she was the only person to notice that I got a haircut. Okay, yeah. And I just, that made my day. I apologize. Because I felt bouncier with my haircut, and then no one noticed. Yeah. Zero people. Your hair still is long. Yeah, it's just, it's so much thick. lighter. Oh, okay. You know, but it's fine. But your dear, sweet, wonderful, fashionable wife was like, Christina, you look great. That's a nice haircut. And I was like, I wanted to hug her, but I felt like you I was should've. crossing a line. No, uh, she, yeah, she hugs. Do you have any um, comments to say about my style, my clothing? Do you, you never comment on my fashion? I so. have sometimes. This dress I'm wearing, I'll post a picture, listeners. Yeah. Six dollars. <laughs> Six dollars. So you want me to compliment like the the, the thriftiness? Thrift. Yeah. I'm in this thing right now where I tell everyone how much all of my clothes cost. Mm. Like that purse, I'll also post a picture. I'm like a fashion blogger now. Five dollars. <laughs> yeah. Five dollars. What a steal. Yeah. Did you steal it? This jean jacket, <laughs> twenty. Twenty dollars. You you bought that dress and that purse for the same price as this jacket, but the jacket brings it all together. Yeah, see, you don't you are a fashionista yourself. Thank you. Thank you. That's not what I was fishing for, yeah. but I liked it. Otherwise, <laughs> how was your week? Did you have a good week? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, I leave for Brazil, but I guess when people hear this, I was in Brazil. Yeah, and like you already have braids. <laughs> Corn row braids in your hair. Oh no! <laughs> Every uh, yeah. Okay, so today uh, during my lunch break, I was trying to write some new jokes, and I wanted to write some jokes about what I was like in high school, and so I was like, okay, I need to like be inspired by like reminiscing, and so I found my own Hotmail account. Oh no! And I went into like the oh, sent no. emails of like just to like sort of try to capture oh, Christina's. No like tone when her she was, aura yeah and so i found this email i sent that's my, so long no okay i'm not gonna read the whole thing <laughs> no it's just <laughs> fast i know okay so i started university in september 2007 mm. and you know how kids uh like they go to university and then maybe they'll visit their high school on their first christmas break to like visit the cool teachers that they mm-hmm, liked. like like mm-hmm. it's like oh let's all go back to the school at lunch yeah. break 
I was like, I'd always be in awe of those kids. They did come back and be like, wow, you're so mature. I know. That's the thing. It was like, you got to strut through and all the mm. grade 11s who are now seniors were like, oh shit, they go to college. <laughs> I did that. But even before that, I emailed a teacher the third day of university. Wow. Can I read the email I sent yeah, him? please do. Dear Mr. Whatever. If you don't remember me, I'm the tall brown haired girl in your physics 12 class. Oh no. The one you adored more than Hannah. Remember now? I knew you would be hugely worried about me, so I thought I should email you and put your concerns to rest. Acadia is pretty much the most amazing place I've ever been to. The campus is gorgeous. I've already become pretty much the most popular person on campus and probably the most intelligent. Okay, the last one is a lie. Classes are hard. My first German class, he made us stand up and sing. Is that normal? My roommate never came, so I'm Gale free. My dorm building is shockingly not a lesbian breeding zone. Wow. More like my boyfriend made me choose this dorm zone. How's your summer? Are classes going well? Anyone as funny as me? Christina. Did he have this kind of rapport with this teacher already? I don't know. Like, this is so weird. Um, Can did I you guys do one part of his response? Did... Did he? Oh, he responded. It's wow. long. But can I read you my favorite part of the email? Does it address the lesbian breeding zone? I mean, not explicitly, but tell me if this sure. is a connection. Yikes. <laughs> Otherwise, things are going well, and I did have a good summer, although I spent an unplanned night out on a mountain. The short story is that this, again, this is my physics 12 teacher okay. writing me this email. Okay. The short story is that my friend and I got off on the wrong path from the summit and couldn't get back on the right path until just before dark. We walked all night, brackets literally, using one headlamp. Unfortunately, we couldn't phone out, so my wife and parents were very worried, but we got out safely. The worst part of it all is that the mountain we got lost on, it was, and this is seriously the name, <laughs> Mount Klitsa. I'm sorry, did <laughs> He put in bracket, <laughs> this is seriously the name? Mount yeah. Klitza. Well, you... And they actually named a junior high school after it. No, they didn't. Yeah, so I'm reading between the lines, and this guy's like, you should explore your sexuality and explore <laughs> Mount Klitza while so you're there. that whole story was a metaphor. For... Exploring your sexuality. Exploring your sexuality. Uh, is that did you? It's weird, right? And then you did, and then I did. Um, yeah, it's okay. There's a lot of weird things about that. Um, I'm like did noticing you ever... that you thought you were the shit. Like, I don't think you actually thought you're the most popular, but you thought you were funny enough to be like chummy with the teacher. And is anyone as funny as me? I yeah. ask that. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm, weird. In a strange way, you still do that though. <laughs> What? When we get in, you're like, JP, is anybody as funny as us? I do like to know. And yeah. he just for clarification, he says, no, Nothing. we're the best. <laughs> okay. Mm. Um, yeah. Three days in, hey? Three days into university, I sent my physics 12 teacher that email. And you're not sure if you guys had a special relationship? Like, I'm sure we were like friends. He was very nice. And mm. I was very good at physics. And I went to the physics Olympics and he was like... Our That's team not coach. A thing. There's no physics. It is no. a thing. I was at the University of British Columbia. We got a silver medal. It's fine. And uh, so, yeah, I like obviously I had a rapport with him, but I don't know if I had like a, hey, boy, I'm so smart now. Uh, where did the joke about the lesbian dorms come from? I lived in an all girls residence. Like I requested it. Yeah. And it was like all women and even like if a man entered the building, he had to sign in and be escorted at all points. Just like in even case. if he was using the washroom, a woman would have to stand outside the door while he was using the washroom. And so when I told people that this was the dorm I was going to be in, they said that I was going to come out a lesbian. Huh? Any other any other questions? No. 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 So that's what I discovered today on my lunch break is that I sent a very weird email to my physics student. Yeah, that is. I weird. sent him another one at the end of the year saying I'm now a lesbian. <laughs> It's nice. I'm on Mount Clitoris. <laughs> Thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> what was the mountain called? Mount Clitza. Yeah. Also, I did not understand that at all at the time. No, you wouldn't have. No, I no. didn't at all. I'm just watching JP because he's looking up the physics Olympics. It's real. What, yeah, what year? I was, oh, it must have been 2006 or 2007. How was your week? Um, Here's the thing. 
you may see me and think, oh, you look like you could fit into any community. You're so versatile, Ryan. You, you're you well-dressed. Um, are I you- like how we've spent the last five minutes talking about my ego. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad we're back on track. Okay, so um, Sarah's sister... Uh-huh. And her sister's boyfriend uh-huh. were in town. They're both so cool, so cool. Like walking cool. past you the other day, I like couldn't make eye contact. They're Toronto artists, but not even just like oh, you painted a Monet replica. They're like <laughs> conceptual the artists. <laughs> okay, and um, he had an art opening here in Ottawa. Um, bless Ottawa, it's not an artist town. Okay, there's it, an art scene here. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I know a few people in His it. name is Gary or something. <laughs> Just Gary. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, so we went to his art opening, and people kept mistaking me for being the artist. Wow. And is it because you kept saying, well, I'm the artist? No, no, but I was like, I was just standing looking at a piece, and I was like admiring it, and then- How some, long did you stand in each piece for? I always wonder what to do in I think it's situations. a minimum of five minutes. Five minutes yes. a piece? That is. What do you think about- uh, wh- what were, let me tell you actually. Yeah, because you like, okay, so you're standing there. It's like a, 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 a sculpture of an arm coming out of a garden gnome with like a uh, pink flamingo like lawn decoration sure. in the forefront. So like yard art. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, you have to stand there and think, what is the art? What was the artist thinking? What are they trying to say? Yeah. And like, what should, what does this make me feel? Mm-hmm. You have to, and then the longer you stand looking at it, up to a certain point, makes you Is look smarter. Is there a certain point where it's like a tipping point where it's clearly like you've zoned it out? Yeah, like if you're in the 10 minute mark, people think either they've fallen asleep, uh, they don't they don't get it and they're just killing time. Um, but I, so somebody was like, oh, what does this one mean? I think it means something really silly. But I knew because I had chatted with the actual artist. So I started explaining. I was like, oh, actually, my understanding is it means like this, this and this. And I like (laughs) explained it to them. And then another person overheard. They're like, are you the artist? Can you explain maybe this one to me? And I was on a roll explaining conceptual art to Because the artist had told you. Yeah. But they didn't know that. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you. Okay. And literally a woman walked like walked up to me and. And we started talking about death and how you want to be buried. And she was like, I'd like to be buried um, as a tree. And my ashes. Buried? Buried. Continue. And then we started talking about that movie, um, Elizabeth Town. Oh, with uh, Orlando Bloom? Yeah. That movie makes. Okay, here's my thing with that movie I actually really like it. I own it. But there is no way, there is no way she could make that book and those CDs for him in that amount of time. There is. No, zero possibility of that being a thing. So anyway, this woman at the art gallery. They're they're like intricate map. It's like pretty much a pop up book of this U.S. and like like itemized CDs for the perfect moment. So she would have to know the exact amount of time between places. There is no way Kirsten does or anyone could be like, I don't know why I named her. I think she's probably a brilliant woman. Great. But like, there's no way that's possible. And anyway, the woman that I was talking to left the conversation, and as much as you might not like talking to me all the time, she left and said, this was a really good conversation, and then walked away. I've never heard somebody say that. <laughs> I also like that the one time this happens to you is the time you're reciting notes you got from uh, the actual artist. And I didn't really deny that I wasn't the artist. Oh, or, so sorry. she thought you were the artist. She may have. What did you say? I just said, what... Thank no, I, you. I worked really hard on it. I, I, I just gave her a picture of what life could be like if she talked to me all the time. And it was really good. Good for her. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you learn anything from me? Let's change the topic. <laughs> how do you want to be buried? Buried? Buried. Um, how do I want to be buried? <laughs> or buried? buried. Or buried. I just, I, I've never thought of that. No. Do you know, I know, do you know what song you want played at your funeral? Let's get dark. Um, remember on the movie, um, Love Actually? Yeah. And the woman is, um, her at the end of her funeral, it's, bye, bye, baby, baby. Oh. 
I thought yeah. that was really beautiful. Do you want like a happy funeral or it's like people are yes. celebrating? Your, I want it to be so fucking sad. You would say that. I want yeah. people to be almost like traumatized <laughs> by the emotion <laughs> they feel during my funeral. They're going to, ha- if you could have people come up um, and give really strong testimonies about. It's just like the, the impact I had on their life. life. But I don't want it to be funny anecdotes. I want it to be like. Christina was this funny person, but she was so much more than that. Let's all weep together. But like, what are I they want, weeping over? Aside I from want, missing you, like, what are you causing them to weep? Just like the fact that the world is without me now. Mm. I just want it to be as emotional. I want Sarah McLaughlin Angel or I Will Remember You to be on loop. If you, here's a thing. On loop. Yes. And then the moment that people are like, okay, we can leave. We can handle this. I want there to be a video of just me laughing. <laughs> She's like, oh, she was so full of joy. Or like an orphan kid come and say like, <laughs> she visited me every day. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I should start visiting an orphan. Uh, okay. You could have like. Is just that horrible? Like images of like war and famine and natural disasters. And then yeah. a, and then in between, you could be like, have witness testimony. Are you saying of like, my death is not sad enough to merit a dramatically <laughs> sad funeral? You're like, by the way, you're going to need a natural disaster sort of. Can I be the planner? Can you? Of my funeral? Yeah. I just don't know if people are going to be like, oh, she's a monster for wanting us all to cry. Because most people, when you talk about her, like, I want there to be like a special cocktail, like the Christina cocktail. And I just want people to laugh and drink and share stories and like maybe have a campfire and In- make casseroles together. And I'm like, I want you all to sit there and cry. I would love people to cry at my funeral. I don't think that's self- selfish. Selfish. <laughs> Great. I'll plan it. I'll plan your funeral. And will it be emotional? I was going to say you should plan mine, but then Can if you do really one of us sad planning, improv? Yeah. <laughs> by myself. That'd be sad improv just by myself. People would be like, uh, looking like, look at this pitiful guy. Scene partner. And then you just let it sit for a second. And then I'd say, Hi, I'm life, Ryan. Death. Religion. <laughs> pop culture. <laughs> JP would be in the back. <laughs> Boom. Uh. This funeral gets 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Anyways, that's how I want to die. <laughs> no, that's not how you want to die. That's how you want to be remembered. Dying is a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, I want to be. Welcome to the end of season one. <laughs> yeah, It'll be really awkward if one of us dies during the summer. Oh, my God. Should I put this episode out and then like. Oh, it'd be like a uh, Goosebumps, uh, R.L. Stein. That'd be like an R.L. Stein book. I never. You wa- probably I, weren't I, allowed to read those. No, I wasn't yeah. allowed. And they're too scary. I think I probably was allowed, but I just said <laughs> I wasn't. That happened with a lot of things. Then there'd be like certain things I just wasn't ready to listen to or see, and so I'd be like, "Oh, I'm not allowed," you know, Christian. But there's just <laughs> a few things that were just too scary, or like Titanic. I had a panic attack when I was at my friend's house watching it. Why? It was just really intense. And then the sexual chemistry between the it's two of them so was palpable. way too much for me. And so I got up and I was like, I got to go. My mom says I'm not allowed to watch this movie. And then I just left. And my mom was like, you can watch Titanic. It's fine. Because <laughs> your mom <laughs> so watched like, it no. and weeped. <laughs> she probably did. So I went to a birthday party and they were watching Scream 2. Ooh. And... Uh, I was like, you know, because of Jesus, I, I'm unable to watch this. And I went up and sat with the mom and we, and I helped her wash dishes after. Every, so uh, like we had like birthday cake and all whatever. And I was like, uh, Mrs. Whatever McGonagall. Always. Uh, I'm, I'm not allowed to watch this movie. She's like, you can help me wash dishes. And then I did. Like you just self- Restrained yourself. Yeah, I self, but I was scared. What was it because you were scared? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like when I went to sleep over and they were all watching Cruel Intentions. Isn't there a um, family lesbian <sighs> There's scene in that? There's a or lot like a happening in it. Stepbrother, stepsister. Stepbrother, stepsister stuff. But like, they like. <laughs> we all... debated that in season one and we decided that sometimes it's okay. <laughs> sometimes it's okay if you're going to date a step sibling. It's just, I think you need to have started dating before the step, you know? Yeah. How many like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movies was it where like the girls met a boy and then the dad who's like a single dad ends up? I don't know. I feel like that happened. Uh, Billboard Dad okay. is the big one. Well, they didn't really meet guys though. Passport to Paris, the dad's already married. 
When in Rome, parents aren't in it. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. I didn't think you'd actually be able to name these. <laughs> oh, I could. <laughs> I could name every American Ashley movie. What about Hilary Duff movies? Like uh, early? She wasn't in that many. Like Cinderella Story, The Perfect Man. Perfect Man. Um, that was a great movie. She was in Beauty and the Briefcase. Yeah, I watched that. Um, but the American and Ashley were in a lot of movies. Yeah. Like, and they, it's funny to watch them. I love them. Yeah. Isn't it weird that one of them is married to the president, former president of France's brother. Also that they had bowls of cigarettes at their wedding. Bowls? Yeah, that's what Vogue told me. Bowl? I'm an intellectual. <laughs> like, on At the tables, instead of centerpieces, they had bowls of cigarettes. Like as a joke? No, as a, like you could grab a cigarette and smoke. What were we talking about before Mary Kay and Ashley? Oh no. Oh no. I went down a rabbit hole with that. I'm sorry. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, dating step, Cruel Intentions, Dating Step oh, Siblings. Oh, right. Okay, so I was at the sleepover and they were watching Cruel Intentions and I bowed out. Of course. Um, I said I had to go home because it wasn't even the movie. It was like the fact that all the girls understood the movie and I didn't. Yeah. They were like, oh, she's giving him a hand job. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. And <laughs> then she like gives him a hand job or she like... I forget if she gives him a hand job or she just like grinds him for a while. But anyways, then she like does it all and he's like clearly same enjoying it. Same thing. Hand job grinding. Same thing. <laughs> she, she's like clear. He's clearly enjoying it. Yeah. And then the, the girl gets up and looks at him and then looks at his penis and goes down boy. And all of the <laughs> girls at the sleepover were like, oh shit. And I was like, what? Is there, Is there a dog? A dog? <laughs> Uh, I, I had no idea what an erect penis meant. I think I told you the story the first time I heard the blowjob word. Yeah, I was the, war, the blowjob yeah, word. Yeah, I was at like a junior, junior hockey game, like watching. Yeah, you weren't on it. Sorry, you that came out way later my athletic ability. <sighs> if people well, saw my body, they'd think, well, that guy's <laughs> that athletic. That guy definitely played junior, junior hockey. Yeah, so then I was, it was like this really weird situation where like, all the guys sat together and the, the girls were like a row over, but they all sat yeah. together and the guys were like, oh yeah, talking about blowjobs. And I was like, what is that? And then they're like, you know what a vacuum is, right? And it, like, I didn't really put the two together. And, but then a girl from the other section came over and she's like, hey you. And she pointed at me and I was like, I don't recognize this girl. Who's this girl? She must be from another school. She's like, do you know Veronica? Or do you like Veronica? Like, it was always like, they don't yeah. care if you know her. Do you yeah, like do her? Yeah, do you like her? And I was like, who's Veronica? And they're like, you don't even know. Like, this girl said, you don't even know who Veronica is. She shaved her eyebrows off for you. What? And I was like, I'm sorry. She what? <laughs> and I look over, and there's a girl with no eyebrows <laughs> waving at me. I'm like, this girl did this for me? I don't even know this girl. <laughs> And then for like a long time, I thought that was like a really nice thing to do would be to shave your eyebrows off for somebody because I, <laughs> but then I also felt guilty because like, <laughs> who did I do that? I don't even know this girl. Like, is she blaming me for shaving her eyebrows? Like, I don't know. And then I realized probably what happened is some guy who looks like me asked her to shave her eyebrows off and then she thought it was me. Yeah. Anyway. I felt really bad because she didn't look good. No, no one would. (laughs) There's very few people in this world. I question any that like could look good. And this was before without eyebrows. Yeah, this was before like girls like did a lot of eyebrow pencil for thick eyebrows. This was like this was uh, a different time. Oh my god! So it was not. uh, uh, It just wasn't, and it's just because I thought it was gonna be a story about blowjobs. But then it became a story. Yeah, that's just how I remember it in my head. Your eyebrows at a junior junior hockey game. Hi, I'm Veronica. No eyebrows. I love you. And I was like, Did you talk to her? No. Did you date her? No. (laughs) Hell no. No, I like. I didn't know who this person was. Why do you think she did it? Well, it wasn't for me. It must have been for another guy that looked like but me. But she waved at you, so it was clearly for you. I think maybe she maybe she like also needed glasses and she couldn't see my <laughs> face. I also wasn't like a catch. Like I was like an awkward <laughs> idiot. So the idea that at a junior junior hockey game. Yeah. I mean and she shaved her eye well for me. Well like for me. Or uh, for another guy for that looked an, like an, me. I don't care who it's for. I just want to know the thought. <laughs> like she has horrible friends. Yeah. They one, shouldn't have let her. One time 
this girl, my sister told me I had to stop being friends with this girl <laughs> because she told me to put my hair up like in a ponytail. Yeah. And I came home from school with this ponytail. And my sister was like, put your hair down. That looks horrible. I was like, no, Amelia said, put it up in a ponytail. And my sister was like, that girl's not your friend. Put your hair down. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I get, I, that was scarring enough for me. You thought, let alone again. if someone was like, Christina, shave your eyebrows. <laughs> I love it. And then, yeah, maybe Amelia had a crush on the same boy and she'd like want to write you off. My sister, oh, Amelia. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you, girls can look good in ponytails. Oh, obviously. There's some girls that can rock a ponytail, but I have a bald spot. So This is new information. Really? No, it's can like I right. See it? It's like on the left side. No. <laughs> uh, I like strategically get my hair cut in a particular way. But every time I go to a new hairdresser, which is often because I'm one of those people that's like, I need a haircut right now. Oh, I gotta yeah. go. We're the opposite. Every time I go to a new hairdresser, it's like, hey, sweetie, um, the bald spot. Do you want us to try to like work around that? I'm like, no, I want you to accentuate. Like, of course, yes. I want you to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. Highlight like, it. How did this happen? I was like, I don't know. I've always had. It. It's just a bit of a bald spot. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually balding though, so. Yes, but you're all, yeah, but you it's have different. thick hair. I saw a commercial the other day where they could pretty much like put glue on your head <laughs> and then just put like real hair now and then cut it in this like whoosh. I think I could probably just do that at home if it's just glue and hair. <laughs> That's what it looks like and it lasts for like four months. Wow. Okay. I was uh, looking at into like an actual thing. Well, like Rogaine and on the back of the box, it's like may cause a heart attack. And then you basically I feel like everything can cause a heart attack. Yeah. But can you imagine if you're like, hey, kids, I'm going to be not that I have kids, but like I'm going to be taking probably medication that's going to kill me to fix my hair. I feel like one guy had a heart attack and they're like in the last 15 years he used this stuff. Probably from all the sex he was getting having a full boom, head of hair. Boom, boom, boom. That is probably what they're like. These people are going to get game again. Yeah. And it's like that's going to shock their body. Yeah. I've noticed there's not a lot of short, bald executives around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, down boy. Yeah. Okay. Should we go into our segment? Was that funny? Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. Last was it funny of the season, but not forever because season two will be coming and we'll talk about was it funny. <sighs> Tiring. You're a monster. I put a lot of time and effort I know into you those. I know. Yes. yes I, I write am. those out. I know you do. No. <laughs> okay. For this, was that funny? I thought I wanted to ask you a question. Okay. What was... The funniest thing you've watched in season one. And I have a short list of what you did watch. Oh. And you can tell me. Oh, or this what is you, fun. And you can tell me what your favorite thing was to watch this year. Okay. List off the things. All right. I'm ready. I already know my answer. It's a Christmas friend. <laughs> That's not funny. Well, it had some moments. Well, it shouldn't have been in this category. Jesus okay. is the only Christmas friend. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Okay. List them off. List right. them off. Jane the Virgin, oh, so good. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, so good. The Good Place, so good. Pride, so good. Ellen DeGeneres Phone Call to God, very good. Nailed it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Armchair <laughs> Expert with Dax Shepard. Mm. I Zombie. Mm. Paddington Two. Oh sweet Jesus. Little Giants. Oh. Paddington Two because you talked about them <laughs> lots. Uh, the Mindy Project. Mm hmm. I Tanya. Mm. Penn and Teller fool us. <laughs> I really brought my A game to season one. And Grace and Frankie. Oh my gosh. And, and and then there's probably one I've missed. Do you have to do the same thing? I do have the same thing. Okay. But you've had time to think about it. I have had time. I didn't. Um, no, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. I would say, uh, oh my gosh, they're all so different. Like Paddington 2 isn't the funniest thing I've seen. It's just the best. Um, <laughs> so let's put that in its own category, okay. right? Like I want to just acknowledge that Paddington 2 is the best thing I saw yeah. in season one. It's just not the funniest. Okay. Um, I would go between Jane the Virgin and uh, probably Grace and Frankie. More than The Good Place. Yes. More than Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, season tough, four. Tough. That's a great season. Oh, the third episode. I'd put those three. But I think Jane the Virgin's the funniest thing. Okay. 
That was hard. Grace and Frankie is great, but it's also very sad, too. So. Yes. Yeah. It also just reminds me of, again, how much shit I watch. Yeah, you do watch a lot. And like, I didn't even say Christmas things. Prince or the Kissing Booth. Okay, so I've had messages now. People like the Kissing Booth, so... What was Yo, that quote? Welcome. From that Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's like, like misogyny, misogyny lurking that. around every corner. Loved it. <laughs> that is real. Yeah. All right. So the ones I brought. Yes. Um, You've got mail. Oh. When Harry Met Sally. So good. Oh, yours are like good. <laughs> well, no, they're also not bad. They're very, very also great. good. Uh, okay. You, when Harry Met Sally, uh, The Nice Guys, which was last week. Um, Dazed and Confused. Paddington 1 and 2. Oh, yes. Arrested Development. Isle of Dogs, Game Night, Utopia, Pirate Radio. Oh, so good. Um, Stand Up featuring Dan- James Acaster, which I do really like. Did I already say that Pirate Radio used to be my go-to date movie? Yeah, you okay, did. Okay, great. Yeah. Keep going. Um, Utopia. Uh-huh. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amazing Race. <laughs> the Simpsons. But when I go through that list, like the movie that I love so much. Paddington 2. No, it's really good. Isle of the Dogs. Oh, that was really good too. You've got mail. Yeah, Should I, I just say, guess? No, the I was whole gonna list. say you've got mail. You've got mail is an amazing movie. It's just so well done. It's not my most LOL movie, but it's just so good. Did you just say it doesn't matter? My most LOL. <laughs> my most LOL movie, <laughs> guys. I think this is my most LOL moment. Okay, the show that I do laugh out loud the most to is Arrested Development. Yeah, I need to watch that. Yes, you do. Um, is the new season good? Yes, it's very good. Okay. Yeah, I just really don't like Jason Bateman. Well, there's a lot of him in it. Yeah. He's literally the main character. The main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He seems like a dick. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, okay, no. Can we rewind for a second? Sure. Yes. You have put me on the spot a hundred sure. sure, times sure, sure. over. You want to talk about if Jason Bateman's a dick? Well, I'm just saying that you're like, okay, let's talk about is Jimmy Fallon <laughs> using his platform to his greatest <laughs> like ability right now in the current political context? Go. That was an early episode and, and I'm he did like, great. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know why I do that new, but thank you. Yeah, that's weird. It's I, so can you cut annoying. that over the yeah, summer? Yeah, I can try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, wait, can we give each other yeah. um, things okay. to fix about each yes, other? <laughs> over the summer. Like, it's like we're signing each other's yearbook. Sure. But instead sure. of saying, like, have a great summer, don't ever change, I want mine to say, like, have a great summer. Here's some things to change. Okay. Can I have a moment to think about this? Well, I was just saying that you put it's fine. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just taking notes here because I want to remember this. JP, also, if you have some things we should work on, yeah, I would like those as well. Um, okay, I think you should. Uh, oh my gosh, how many are you typing? I'm going to give you three. What? Okay, hold on. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Do you have your three things? Sure. <laughs> I like how you're like one thing and I was like, I have three. <laughs> Okay, you go first. What should I? Okay, so this segment is called Have a Great Summer, Please Change. Let's go back and forth. (laughs) Okay, you go first. Okay, my first one. That I need to work on. Work on. Yeah. Take some time for yourself. Okay, that's really nice. Great, I should change them. No, don't change them. (laughs) Because they go downhill from here. Okay, my first one for you is I want you to work on caring less about your appearance. (laughs) It's funny because that really works for my next one. Is it my bangs? Talk less about your bangs. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. My next one for you is to work on your ridiculous pet peeves and anchor towards the world. Mainly, I want you to work on your bathroom issues. Okay. Bath- don't say bathroom issues. Well, it makes it sound like I have like long-term... Don't resist it. Just work on it. Okay. Okay, what's your last one? Experiment sexually. <laughs> my last one, because my last one's accept me for who I am. <laughs> We started a segment called, what do you want to change about each other? And then your last one's like, P.S. Fuck you for trying to change me. So, And I want you to be able to say dirtier words. Like, I feel like I like drop fuck and con and would use condom a lot. Yeah, you said clit a number of times A number of times. And I just want you to have a freeness in using the words you want to. Yeah. Like, if you want to call someone a fucker, no, I think you should. I might start saying the word O, like a big O. <laughs> a what? A like, big O? Yeah. Like an orgasm? Yeah. 
But see, I want new Ryan to be able to say orgasm. And I want those three things I mentioned. <laughs> I'll work on it. Take some time for yourself. Uh, talk less about your bangs. <laughs> Experiment sexually. I'm going to have the best summer ever. <laughs> You're going to come back with no bangs. Pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be cute okay. if you came back. And home. I want you to care less about your appearance, <laughs> work out your bathroom issues, and accept me for who I am. <laughs> and just reclaim some words. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Okay. As a white man, you have a lot of words to reclaim. Yeah, I have a number of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, I think that was really good. That's uh, our new segment. Have a great summer. Please change. Okay, oh. so watch You've Got Mail. Watch Jane the Virgin. Um, Watch Penn and Teller Fool Us. <laughs> you wrote, no, not only did you write Penn and Teller Fool Us, is Penn and Teller Fool Us brackets close up magic. <laughs> no, because it is still so funny because when they do the little interviews, it's just like you just know right away who's a close up magician. They just look like dicks. They do. <laughs> We got a very exciting guest to end season one. Remember, I told you that people are like going to be on the bus. It's early in the morning. They don't want to hear that. Welcome back. This episode (laughs) is brought to you by Casper Matt the Ghost. I sound like Greg Houston. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you totally did. You did a Greg Houston there. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Everything aside, everyone calm again on your bus ride. What, everyone? Oh, no, our okay. listeners. Listeners, sorry. Yeah. We have a really exciting comedian uh, closing off season one of Scene Partners. We're really excited to have Jennifer Whiteford with us. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having hey. me. Hey. Okay, my energy was up here and you're just down Ooh. here. Woo, woo, woo. Um, yeah, thanks for coming and joining Thank us. Thank you. Well, I'm really happy to be here. This is so exciting. One of my favorite comedians. Mm. Yeah. So with f- my favorite joke. <laughs> Really? Yes. Wow. That lunchbox joke gets me every time. It's quite an honor. Well, <laughs> Christina's been talking about you for a long time. It's fine. It's not <laughs> like a weird. long time. Shut up. Uh, and it's so it's really good to like finally meet you in person. I've seen you. I've seen one of your sets, um, and it was incredible. Like oh, you look like you. a you're a veteran up there. Well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, how long have you been doing it? Uh, well, s- sort of slowly amping up uh, about a year and a half now, I guess. Okay. Exciting. Yeah. You're so good. Tell us about your first time. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to, yeah. Yeah, that came out. I, I get what you mean. Um, well, I I always wanted to do stand-up, but I wanted to be, I guess everybody wants to be good at it. Yes. And that doesn't stop some people, for sure, from trying for the first time, but I wanted to have something, like some kind of, uh, training, I guess, first, okay. other than being like a lifelong comedy nerd. And uh, so I did a workshop at the Improv Embassy. They just happened to have like a one afternoon stand up for ladies uh, workshop Man. at the Improv Embassy, which was so great. And it really like it was just fantastic. It just completely like propelled me into wanting to actually get up on stage yeah. and do it. And then after that, the Improv Embassy was having like women's only uh, like Sunday night stand up comedy nights. And so they put me on there and I did that a few times. And then I decided like, well, I'm really good at this. I'm a (laughs) professional. Uh, Where are the men to listen to me now? Yeah, it was just like you really should. You need to get out of your comfort zone in comedy because I basically went and I did a Wellington Eatery show and I blew it. Like I just ate shit basically at that that one uh and that made me actually want to get better and then i've been working really hard since then that's the thing bombing sucks but it's so motivating it's really motivating unless i guess you just yeah unless if it's not motivating (laughs) then just don't do stand-up it's true though because if it you know you should be doing stand-up if you bomb and the first thing you think is, okay, let me do it again. Yeah. Thank what you was guys. the first, what was your first joke about? Do you remember? Yeah, totally. Uh, it was, I still do it. It's one about my kids doing puppet shows. That was the first joke you it's wrote? The first joke uh. I ever wrote, yeah. And has it changed? Like, have you finessed oh, it? Yeah, yeah. I totally finessed it. Like, originally it was like so, it had this huge setup. Like, I'm actually, that's my biggest challenge is, is like moving my setups into as few words as possible. Yeah. So you actually get to the punchline. Cause when I tell stories, I just never stop talking and like, so stand-up is different from telling a funny story. 
No, oh, yeah, which I haven't learned huge. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're different, though. <laughs> you break rules and it works somehow, which is why everyone's jealous of you. Um, but yeah, like I think for me, I had to really like narrow things down. And so initially that setup was huge. Yeah. And then the payoff, the punchline was was good enough that I kept it. And I ju- it just got like more and more tight over mm. time. Tight, tight, tight. Your personality offstage versus your comedy persona, like are they... Are they friends? Are they the same person? I think they're friends. I think they're pretty much the same person. Yeah. Like I've had a lot of people tell me like, oh, you're on stage persona, blah, blah, blah. And I, I really don't feel like I have much of that. Like, I think I'm pretty similar, Uh, though a little while ago, uh, comedian Mike Tamafi, who is a huge comedy nerd and puts it to good use. He's always a good person to get notes from because he doesn't really care if you're insulted or not, not, <laughs> like, uh, not but he's not all. mean about it he's just he's really honest and he said at one point he was like you know I, i've seen you do these six minute sets and the crowd isn't with you until towards the end so i'd love to see you do a longer set to see if you get more mm. laughs and i was like well how can the crowd be with me on like minute two instead of minute four of a six minute set and he was like well you know you do that thing where you act like you're really nervous Like maybe if you, if you didn't do that, then they would be with you. And I was like, oh, right. Where I act like I'm really, (laughs) and then it occurred to me like, oh, I could just pretend I'm not nervous. And so I think I've been trying to seem a little more confident on stage than maybe I am when I'm just being myself. Yeah. That's really cool. It is interesting because I think there are people that are closer to their true selves on like I think you are like when you get off stage and when you're on stage, your tone doesn't shift for me. Like no. it's like I'm talking to you. I'm not like but, one of those comics that has a oh, voice. There are some comedians <laughs> that get up on stage and it's like right before they get on stage, they'll be like, hey, Christine, what's up? How you doing? And then they get on stage. They're like, yo, 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 party people. <laughs> I'm like, where did this person come from? And, like, and, and like, sometimes I can see the audience like they know it's not the person either. So it like doesn't disarm the audience. If the audience immediately knows who you are and that it's actually who you are and they like you, then they're kind of like, okay, I'm with you. But when it's like this, sometimes it works and it's like this high energy sort of thing. But there's a few comedians I'm like, just be yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Because people want to see a genuine person. Like, yeah. uh, Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I just, I've noticed a few people just like get up there and they ham it. They ham it right up. But that's like acting is really different. Like yeah. part of the reason why I like stand-up comedy is I'm terrified of acting. Yeah. Like I've I've I know like Danny at the improv embassy, she's always trying to get me to try improv. And when she did get me to try that's it where I met you. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, I think she asked me, you know, oh, have you been bitten by the bug or like you want to do more yeah. improv? And I was like, No, that was terrifying. I never <laughs> like, wanted I hated to see everything. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I did stand up very briefly and I was like, Well, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> but like if I can play a character, if I can be in a scene like acting It is so different being yourself on stage versus improv. It's really amazing what people are comfortable with and not comfortable with. I mostly assume people hate me in real life. And so to be (laughs) doing stand up, my automatic assumption is like, well, they hate me. Do you want me to add that to the (laughs) list of things to change this summer? Work on your self-esteem. Love yourself. Jerry Seinfeld has a joke about how they did a survey of people and people rated their number one fear to be public speaking. And then people's number or the number two fear was death. Death. And he's like, so people would rather be at a funeral. People would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. Oh, that's very good. And it's a really funny joke, but it's like some people are just so afraid to get up and talk in front of you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know you very well, Mm -hmm. um, but you are doing stand up. Yes. And you balance this with other things in your life. (laughs) Many other things. Too Uh, many other things. Is it conducive to your life? Uh, that's an interesting question. I was just thinking today that, uh, that this is my version of a midlife crisis to some degree. And I started, and I, I think that sounds more dismissive than I actually mean it. Like people think of midlife crises as as, like you get a sports car and have an affair or whatever. Um, Mm. I did neither of those things. So (laughs) my husband will be pleased to hear. Um, (laughs) thanks for listening. Yeah, Yeah, but great. He he won't listen. Uh, but, But I think like, where that comes from is reaching like a point in your life where you don't have a lot of choices about what you do anymore. Like I have two little kids, I have a government job and I have like other responsibilities in my life. Like I I own a home and a car and like all that stuff. And that takes up 
like 90% of my day yeah. is doing stuff that I absolutely have to do. So to take something, especially something that like I'm lucky enough to have loved for mm. basically my whole life and then to try that and then to work to get better at it and to have these nights where I get to like leave my house and go and do something where people only know me as me and they know my work as a joke writer. Um, now I'm like nobody's mom. Like, yeah. and I'm like, and this is mostly new people that I've just met doing this as well. So yeah. not everybody, nobody's known me forever. Like, yeah. And I think a midlife crisis is basically your way of like reinventing yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you can minimize the harm that comes with the way you do that, like yeah. it's a way to keep going in your life. Like it's partly sort of going back to the way it felt when I was in my twenties and thirties, when I didn't have these responsibilities and I was just like hanging out with my friends, mm -hmm. being creative and doing neat yeah. stuff. And so it's a nice uh, compliment of those two. Sides it's also things. cool to do it in that space because there's no pressure. Well, I mean, there probably is still pressure, but the comedy is like a joy thing. In it your is. Life, it right? totally so it's is, not yeah. like, Oh, I need to hit this milestone by then. And I'm competitive with these 18 people for yeah. this one spot. It's like, this is just something I get to do. And it's like the thing that energizes me rather than the thing that I'm like, I need to make it. Yeah. I want to really keep it that way. Cause yeah. if I, like, I remember early on talking to a friend of mine about it and being like, I don't even know where, where do I even go with it? Like, I think I'd had a bad set. So I was in a negative mindset and I was like, what am I even doing this for? Am I going to be on the debaters? Like I was trying to think <laughs> of something <laughs> like that comedy related that would be like a milestone or whatever. And then I realized like that none of that matters to me. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I just want to be a good comedian. And that's like the most because I feel the same way. Yeah. Of like it's a ho it's my hobby that it's like the thing that is like making me excited. But I have no aspirations of like, I want to be a full time comedian. That actually sounds so frightening to me. And I think <laughs> takes all the joy away from well, me. Yeah. Because yeah. then freeing. the joke you write isn't about having a good time. The joke you write is paying your bills. Yeah. It becomes this yeah. pressure, which yeah, is totally what I'm using comedy and what it sounds like to escape all of the pressure. Yes. So one of the pitches I, I do for improv is it takes time away from my partner and it's time away. From, like it's I do it. I'll have a horrible day at work or a long day at work. And I get a lot of energy from it. Do you feel like, and and then, sorry, and then my pitch back is it makes me a better partner and it makes me probably a better employee because I have this creative outlook. Like, do you feel you're a better mom, you're a better partner? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah, like I, I'm really, like my kids are are my number one thing in my life. Like they're, uh, they're the thing I think the most about. I shouldn't be calling them things, I guess, but they're, <laughs> but they're, the, oh, those they're things. what I think of the most about yeah, and, yeah. and they're my top, top priority. But you can't like, I don't know, my granny used to say, you can't pour tea from an empty cup. Like That you can't, sounds like a thing a granny would yeah, say. Yeah, is that ever like an, a granny from Glasgow? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, probably, she probably said pot. You can't pour tea from an empty pot. And uh, it's hard as a mother to give yourself that freedom because you feel guilty. Like mom guilt is really serious and crushing. And mm -hmm. like you think like, what if I'm not with them and something mm -hmm. happens? Or what if like... I go out late and they don't go to bed on time and then mm -hmm. they're awful for their teachers the next day. And like how many people's days have I ruined so that I could go out and tell jokes and drink beer with my friends? Like, mm -hmm. so it's hard to weigh that. But when I don't do it, when I'm not doing it, I'm like worn out and I'm checked out and yeah. I can't focus. And there are so many Saturday, like, I think the number one thing I say as I'm leaving a comedy show is like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to be making pancakes in six hours. Um, because it's true. Like yeah. on Friday nights, I'm leaving, you know, uh, w like Wellington eatery at, I don't know, midnight. And then I'm up at six 30 making pancakes yeah. for my kids. Cause yeah. they, cause I do. And they wake me up and we do that. And you would think that would feel awful, but it actually feels yeah. Fine. yeah. like, yeah. I know I'm going to be tired. I know I did it but to myself, it. but it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Man. That's how I feel about my dog. <laughs> Slightly oh. less good practice. I'm just saying. Yeah, you good pour practice. food out of a bag, I assume. <laughs> he requires so much more. <laughs> um, do you have any other questions? We can go. Who are your like comedy? Because oh, yeah. you are a comedian, like comedy nerd. Oh, I really am. Like, like who are yeah. your like comedy? As not aspirations, but like inspirations. Oh, there's a lot of them, but I think like if I there's a lot of women for sure. Like I've always liked female comics. And when I was really little, I used to always watch uh, or listen to stand-up comedy whenever I could, like whenever it was on TV and mm -hmm. I could see it or whatever. And so Rita Rudner, who's this like classic, like 80s mm -hmm. female comedian, 
um, was like the first female, uh, the first person I think whose jokes I mem- memorized to like oh, tell yeah. other people That's awesome. and still know some of them. But, uh, she, and she's like, you know, she's hokey. She's like, you know, women are like this and men are like this, you know, but yeah. she's, she's just such a good joke writer and such a pro. And I don't, I'd love it if she'd write an autobiography. Cause I don't know what it was like coming up to where she is now. Like mm-hmm. now she performs in Vegas every night, basically. And that's her job. So uh, I got married in Las Vegas and my husband, the day after we got married, took me to see Rita Rudner That's perform awesome. for it. We were like the youngest people in the room by like 40 yeah. years, but it was so good. That's so fun. So she was an early one, but now, um, definitely Phoebe Robinson and Jessica Williams who do the oh, two dope Queens. Right. Podcast. They're, like, <laughs> they're like, I was listening to them thinking like, we need to do a podcast because I just wanted to get closer to them. Like yeah. They're, they're I incredible. love her book. So never extraordinary. I think I've listened to one episode maybe. They're both so good. And they're, their rapport between the two of them is yeah. great. Um, and I really like for people like their actual writing. I really like John Mulaney, like everybody I else mean, really likes John Mulaney. <laughs> nobody, uh, nobody needs to say that they like John Mulaney, but uh, so he's good. just such a pro with the way he writes bits and jokes. And I think Jen Kirkman is a bit underrated. Like she's I like, I would love my jokes to be as funny as hers. And she has such good, like she'll, she's someone who does the longer setups and, and longer stories. Um, and she's she's just unapologetic and tough and funny and cool, um, and I really really like her. I think you would like her as okay, well. Okay, see, I need yeah. to start soaking in more comedy. <laughs> yeah, I watched Be John Mulaney's special, and I went to work the next day, and I was like, guys, have you heard of this guy John <laughs> Mulaney? And like half of my coworkers were like, shut up. And I was, like, was like, I think he's an up and comer. He was really like the headliner on SNL. I, know, right? I, had no, I, I literally had no. I knew he was famous, but I had no idea yeah. how famous he was. I was like, did you see that? Him and his wife are so cute on Instagram. She is beautiful she is she's just like she is just seems like a beautiful person anyway (laughs) thanks for coming to our last episode thank you i'm so excited to be the finale that's season one of scene partners holy crap i'm christina i'll see you in september christina (laughs) (laughs) do you want that to be your last word i hate you well enjoy your summer please change Today's episode was recorded in Ottawa, Ontario at Pop-Up Podcasting, featuring Christina Muehlberger and Ryan Mulligan, recorded by J.P. Davidson, and featuring music by Nikolai Haidless, Mr. Gavin, and Fox Beat Music, all available on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. <laughs>